As thyroid thrivers, change is part of the deal. We're changing the way we eat. We're changing the way we live. Maybe we're changing our bedtime. Maybe we're changing our doctor. Maybe we're changing the way that we exercise. We're changing so many things. And this is part of the transformative process, right? But how do we change? Like, no, seriously, how do we change? (laughs) There is actually a proven scientific method of change. And we're going to walk through that process today with a very special guest. Nadia Aaron specializes in helping women transform. So that's what our conversation today is going to focus on. It's going to be a great show, Thyroid Thrivers, so stick around. Hello, Thyroid Drivers. Welcome back to another episode of Thyroid Healthy Bites, a weekly podcast dedicated to helping you live well and eat well so you can feel well. I'm Ginny Mahar, your host and the face behind the apron at hypothyroidchef.com. All right. Thanks so much for joining us today and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to be here today with Nadia Ahrens to talk about making change. This is something that, you know, sometimes we just want to jump in with both both feet. We have this idea that we want to change something in our lives and we try to, and it doesn't oftentimes work out. Why is that? How can we kind of understand the science behind successful habit change and specifically going into the change cycle. So we're going to be talking to my special guest, Nadia Ahrens, about this topic. Nadia is a psychotherapist and transformational health coach, or sorry, transformational coach in private practice. She's a graduate of Boston University and Columbia University. She's been practicing the art of helping, teaching, and mentoring others for over 20 years and loves every minute of it. Nadia also teaches personal transformation groups and retreats and is a trained clinical hypnotherapist. Her perspective is that we're all human, we all struggle, we all have trauma and tragedy to grow from, herself included. And she shares her experience of overcoming trauma so that she can be that beacon to let you know that you can transform from anything and everything. So this is a show for everyone. And it's definitely a show for us thyroid thrivers. We're all here to learn, grow, and evolve into the best and shiniest version of ourselves. And that's uh, Nadia's philosophy. So welcome, Nadia. I'm so excited to have you here. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here, Jenny. Thanks for having me. Some of you who have been with me for a while may remember Nadia because she was on our advisory board back in my days at Thyroid Refresh. And full disclosure, Nadia and I are cousins, so we're having some cousin time today. <laughs> so I'll get whatever I can. <laughs> right? That it's it was fun to have you on my calendar for today. So that also means though that I do get to share some fun personal tidbits about you with the listeners. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm a little nervous now. <laughs> okay, so Nadia was a roller disco fiend in elementary school and wanted so badly to be Olivia Newton-John in Xanadu. I could proudly say that I still want to be Olivia Newton-John in Xanadu. (laughs) Who doesn't? I know. Nadia grew up in a haunted house and can tell if a house is haunted just by walking in the door. And you've told me stories about this that I've been like, oh my gosh, I'm so freaked out right now. (laughs) 
Oh yeah. No. And it would, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, just growing up, you get really fine tuned to like, Ooh, this doesn't feel good in here. And now like, even when we were looking to buy a house, I would walk into the place and I'd be like, Oh yeah, this is nice. But I was like, all of my senses were up where I was just like, yeah, no, we're not going to, we're not going to move here. Or yeah, this is definitely the house. Do I want to sleep in haunted houses now anymore? Nope. Absolutely not. Cause they're always like, Oh, this, this one over here, she knows things. Let's go bother her. You know? Yeah. So, you've got yeah. like, not, it's not just a sixth sense. It's almost like you're a medium kind of where they sort of seek you out. They do kind of seek me out. Yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Last, <laughs> lastly, I'll mention that Nadia is a born and bred New Yorker. And the saying is true. You can take the girl out of New York, but you can't take the New York out of the girl. That's a hundred percent true too. I mean, I've been in Seattle for 16 years and uh, my mom always jokes that she knows when I'm driving and talking to her. Cause I'm always like, what are you doing? Learn how to drive. Uh, well, I'm still I, trying to find good pizza in this town. <laughs> I love all those aspects of you. And um, yeah. I was also wondering now that, you know, everybody knows some of your personal background and tidbits before we kind of get into the show. Can you tell us a little bit more about your professional journey and what brought you to this work of helping women transform? I, you know, when I was in my early twenties, I realized, you know, like a lot of people, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And, um, and then I kind of just took this inventory and I realized that no matter where I went and no matter what I did, people were always coming to me with their problems. And I just loved helping people. And I was like, okay, this is it. And so I went back to school and I did all the, you know, all the work, but I always wanted to um, combine spirituality with psychology. Um, and then I found that in you know, about 20 years ago, a little bit more with hypnotherapy, which is a beautiful combination of the two um, spiritual and psychological, and it works in the subconscious um, mind. And I've just... Um, have always loved helping others. And then when it comes to, you know, transformation, you know, I'm not just sitting here on, you know, the other side of the couch. I, you know, in 2016, as you know, my son unexpectedly died and my entire life was shattered. Um, and I really, you know, I didn't want, I didn't want to live. And I remember early on being on the floor of his bedroom, just, just being like, okay, maybe I'll just live a passively suicidal life, not wanting, not wanting to go on. And then my grandmother, who at the time was 98, um, came to me in my, in my mind. And I went, oh man, I'm going to be here a really long time. I've got a lot of her genes and I'm already in, um, you know, a jail sentence. And if I live this just waiting to die, it's going to be even more of a jail, jail sentence. And so that's when I, you know, the light bulb went off and I was like, I have to do everything I can to basically transform my life. And so it wasn't like, I just got up one day and did, I'm going to do all these things. It was literally like, how, how can I get up off this floor and maybe get out of my pajamas so I could bring my other two children to school? Or how can, you know, and I, of course I shut down my practice. I, I was like, I can't help anybody if, it, and so I took the time to really take these baby steps 
to, to transform my life. Eventually I was able to kind of, you know, do it, you know, and this is seven years later. Um, but you know, I share that story so that people could see that no matter what life throws your way. And as humans, you know, I believe that we're all souls having a human experience. We're all here on this planet to, to, you know, to turn our wounds into wisdom and to really go, okay, why is this happening for me? Whether it's the death of a child or a chronic illness or, you know, whatever, job loss, divorce, you name it. If you start to look at life as why did this happen for me versus why did this happen to me, your whole trajectory of life shifts because then you're kind of looking for the lessons. What is it that I have to learn? And it's almost like the universe like takes you out on a scavenger hunt and you have to look for these little breadcrumbs to find your way, you know, but so, you know, that's kind of how I help women transform you know, along with, you know, using tools like hypnosis and, you know, a whole bunch of really cool spiritual stuff. But when you're going through change, you know, and going through trauma, tragedy, big life transitions, it is really helpful to go, okay, why is this happening for me? Mm. What can I learn? Mm -hmm. And it gives you, it, 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 it's a more empowered perspective versus a, a victim perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why me? So many people get stuck in that. Why me? Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Why all of us, right? <laughs> we yeah. all, yeah. we're all pushing our, you know, wheelbarrow full of challenges through life. And thank you so much for sharing that story. Not I'm like covered in goosebumps and, um, I just, a thought just occurred to me, maybe we could kind of dedicate this episode to Jack. Thanks, cuz. Let's not start crying. Let's not yeah. start crying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. It happens. <laughs> I love that. And I love you. But just the transformation, you know, that's, and you and I are such soul sisters that way of just, yeah. you know, the metamorphosis and I, your story, it's like, I loved what you said about, it wasn't like, how can I just totally transform my life and, you know, become, I don't know, whatever, an advocate for, you know what I mean? You said, yeah. how can I get out of bed today? You know, right. how can I like for, I think for a lot of uh, my listeners, it's things like, how can I eat a few more vegetables today so that I get like more nutrients and antioxidants to give me energy. How can I, can I get myself in bed a little bit earlier tonight? So I get a little more sleep. And so I feel better and my brain works better. And I have the energy tomorrow to maybe go for a walk or get a strength workout in or whatever, you know? So just those little things are so powerful and they do when you tack the, all those small steps together, they really do equate to what ultimately is massive, massive transformation in our lives. And, and that's what we're talking about today is transformation. What is, well, what is right. the science and the methodology behind this? And, you know, one thing I think a lot of people don't realize is like, there's more to reaching your health goals, for example, than just like 
I set a goal and now I'm going to achieve it. Like look at new year's resolutions. If it were that simple, there would not be 80% of us who have abandoned our new year's resolutions by February one. So what in your opinion are some of the biggest mistakes people make when trying to change their lives, whether that's the food they eat, their physical activity, their self-care practice, their career, or really any area of their lives. Well, it's interesting that you brought up, um, New Year's resolutions because, you know, often, you know, we're on this like linear timeline, right? And if you think about January 1st, it's like the beginning and the dead of winter. Like people, I and I know in my part of the world and you're a part of the world, it is dark and it is cold and it is a time for hibernation and to actually not take on anything new. It is like, you know, if you look at the seasons, you know, this, that's the time to not start anything. And, you know, and then you look at, you know, springtime, which is all, you know, it's all death and rebirth. Right. And then the spring, everything is kind of coming to life. So I'm a big advocate of like looking at your environment and going, okay, what's happening? Like, are the, are the trees blooming? Are the flowers blooming or are the leaves falling or what is happening? And being in tune with that. So I, I never do new, I never do new year's resolutions period, but, um, right. That's a side note, but, uh, I love that and go like with the seasons instead of against them. Yeah. Right. Right. And we're so conditioned to keep going and strive and do this thing and take on these big changes. And then what happens is then we, we take on these big changes. We're going to you know, we're going to run a marathon. I'm being extreme here. I'm, you know, we're going to go to run a marathon and lose 50 pounds and find a husband in six months. Like, you know, and then, and then, and then you wonder why you, nothing was achieved. Right. And so the goal and the science behind it is actually to, to take these baby steps. And I know people have heard baby steps at nauseum, but what happens is, you know, we have different parts of our brain that regulate different things. And we have the fear center in our brain and that's the amygdala. And we, our brains don't like change. Like, like we don't, it's a survival mechanism. And so when there is a change that happens automatically, we're like, "Mm, nope, survival mechanisms get kicked up. It's fight, flight, freeze, or fawn responses. And we don't want to do it. And so when you take on a big goal, it's like jumping into a really cold pool. And so I like to use this analogy of like a swimming pool, but like the swimming pool is like a change pool. So you're like, here's this pool. This is great. I'm going to dive in. And then it's freezing. And then your body's like, oh my God, get me out of here. I'm never going in that pool again. Too much change. Your amygdala got activated. And your amygdala is basically like, there's a saber toothed tiger and I'm trying to get you away from it, right? And so it's trying to keep you safe. And so with change, it's not about diving into the deep end, but going over to the low end and and taking a, not even taking a step in, dipping your toe in the water. How does that feel? Even like what you said, like, how can I incorporate a few more vegetables into my diet? Maybe it's not a few more, maybe it's one, 
Maybe mm-hmm. somebody hates vegetables and it's like, okay, what is the one vegetable that you could tolerate? You know, back in 2016 with every, when everything happened with Jack, I was like, you know, people were like one day at a time. I'm like, it's not even one day at a time. It is one breath at a time. And sometimes it really is that micro to help you move through the changes. And so if you have to dip your toe into the, into the water and be like, okay, it's not so bad. I think I could get onto that first step of the pool. And then we hang out there for a while and you get used to it. And then when you're ready, you go down to the second step. And then you're like, okay, how is it here? This is a little bit more changed. I'm starting to get activated. I don't like it. I'm going to start to shut down. Okay, great. Let's get back up onto the first step until you're used to it. And then, so then slowly what you're doing is inching your way into the pool so that your, your, um, your fear response doesn't kick in. And so the next thing you know, you're like waist deep in change and you're like, oh, sweet. Look at all this change I did. And my amygdala didn't get activated, you know? And so, and what happens I think with humans is that we see, you know, we're like, oh God, I got to reach this top of the mountain. And it's such a long journey. How am I going to do it? But we don't take the time to see where we're at and to look back and say, look at how much I've accomplished this so far. Mm. And when you, which is when we were talking earlier, you know, seven years later, I could look back and be like, wow, it really was those baby steps that led to transformation to have me be here today. But if you would have told me seven years ago that I'd be here today, I would have never believed you. So it's also important to look back and see how far you've come so that you could have that internal motivation to keep going. Mm, That's so important. Yeah. I love that you brought that up. Uh, And I love the analogy of the pool, you know, the, the first step and the second step, and you ease your way in so that you can outsmart your brain, your own brain, your amygdala that it wants to resist this change. And that can undermine your efforts at change. But then, yeah, I do think that's so true with kind of the uh, baby step or micro step approach is, you know, like, I believe we really have to lean into this long-term mindset to get lifelong results and to take our time with it. But I think one thing that comes with that, that we got to be aware of is that sometimes it means the change happens so slow that we don't even appreciate and acknowledge ourselves for all the work that we've done because it happens slowly over time. And so, yeah, to pause, reflect and look back and go, wow, like those reflection times, I'm thinking about, you know, the seasons now, since you brought that up, like those reflective seasons, especially where the days start to get shorter and we can pause and look back, you know, and new years, I feel like can be a good time for that kind of reflection of look how far I've come and not just, um, you know, acknowledge yourself for that, but to celebrate it. I'm a big fan of like the little celebrations, you know, the like, yes, you know, or I'm going to reward myself with a really cool experience I've wanted or, you know, just whatever it is. 
And even, even, you know, because I think so many, well, so many people in our culture, but specifically women, we feel like we have to keep going, 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 going and rest isn't rewarded. Right. And so going back to those micro steps, like even if it's 15 minutes getting into bed or maybe, you know, yesterday I had a really busy day and I rewarded myself by getting into bed at seven 30 and <laughs> watching really bad television. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and it was exactly what I needed, you know, so it is important to one reward yourself and to look back and see how much you actually have accomplished, even if it's going to bed 15 minutes earlier or eating that one vegetable that you could tolerate that, you know, is going to give you more energy in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there is an actual cycle of change and you're an expert on this as a psychotherapist. And it's also something I spent a lot of time on in my functional medicine health coach training, but can you walk us through the phases of the change cycle? I, yes, I could. And I, and I love it. Like, I love that there is a cycle. I mean, cause I mean, again, I think, I feel like we're talking in cycles today, like with the seasons and everything like death and rebirth and, you know, endings and beginnings, but with the change cycle, it's super interesting because the first, um, the, you know, really the first thing is that you have no idea that you want or need to change, right? So you're, it's just not even in your consciousness. And then you have the pre-contemplation phase. So you're, you know, so you're, you're, you're in there and you're like, I don't even know that's, that's the first phase, excuse me. It's like, you're, you're in there going, I don't even know that there's a problem. So I'm just going to eat what I want. I'm going to go to bed when I want. It's just, you're just not aware, you know, and it's like always what they say, like when you know better, you do better. Right. So then you, you, so that's the pre-contemplation. You have no idea what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> and no then awareness. There, yeah. No awareness. And then the second phase is the contemplation phase. You now know that there is something that you need to change. And this is interesting because I, a lot of my work, I, I um, talk about the hero's journey, which is what we go through, through life. And the, if you look at your life like a journey and you're the hero on it, um, there's always a call to action or adventure, right? But the but the first thing that the hero does when they get this call to action or when you're in this contemplation phase is I don't want to do it. I don't want to go on this journey. I don't, it's like Luke Skywalker or like Harry Potter or, you know, any book you've ever read in your life or any movie you've ever seen. This is the hero's journey. And we're all heroes on our journey. So I don't want to do this. This is too hard. I'm going to stay in my comfort zone and be, you know, and, and stay in the status quo because at least I know this, right? And then the contemplation starts. And then you're like, oh, okay. I, I think I need to change. I'm not ready yet though. Okay. I'm just going to think about it, but I'm not ready to step on this path. And you think about it and you think about it. And eventually that going, you know, talking about two things at once, but it plays into each other. Like eventually that hero goes, okay, I know I need to make the change, but I, I don't know if I could do it on my own, which is when a mentor shows up and this mentor could be, you know, you, 
Ginny, it could be a friend, it could be a teacher, it could be, you know, a, a health coach, whatever, to help go, I believe in you. You got this. You can make these changes. And then they step on the path, which brings me to the next phase of the change cycle, which is action. You are actually taking the steps for change. And so that's eating the vegetables, getting the good night's sleep, maybe walking for 10 minutes and doing these little baby steps, these micro steps, not let me go slay the dragon, you know, but let me walk down this path. And, and again, going back to the hero's journey, once you're on this path, it's not a straight shot to slaying the dragon. There are obstacles along the way. There are what they call enemies and allies. So who are your people who are going to support you? Who are the people who are going to, you know, not support you on your journey and be like, you really, this mac and cheese is delicious. You really want to bite of the mac and cheese, <laughs> you know, like who might not be so supportive in your journey, right? Those are like the quote enemies along the way, but it's like the the thing is going, oh, okay, I'm on this path, right? And I'm I'm being in the action phase of the path. And then the next phase is maintenance. Like you got it down, you've got the new behavior, everything is smooth sailing, but that is not the final phase of the cycle. The last the last phase which I think is actually probably the most important for people to understand is relapse. Mm -hmm. And the reason I think it's so important is because people, people relapse all the time. They fall off the horse and then they go, well, I ate that mac and cheese (laughs) or whatever it is. Or, uh, you know, if they were, you know, drinkers, they had a drink or what, or you're on a roll, even with like meditation and you skip a day and then they're like, well, forget it. I'm not going to do it anymore. But the, the thing is with relapse, knowing that it's part of the cycle and that you're gonna slip up is so important because it is that, that choice point of, do I want to just keep doing the same thing over and over again, or do I want to transform? And And if your answer is, yeah, I want to transform, then you get back up, get back on the horse and you keep going. And it's, and I I forgot what the actual percentage is, but it's something like people relapse like, like four or five times before something hooks and takes place. And so you know, some people, you know, when I tell people that, like, they're like, well, that's a bummer, (laughs) you know, but again, having that awareness that if you slip up, it's, it's okay. It's a lesson. It's an obstacle in your path. And then you keep going on that journey because eventually it's gonna, it's gonna click and you're Mm going to be able to slay that dragon and bring back all of the elixirs and jewels back to, you know, your, your community, essentially going back to the hero's journey and sharing Mm -hmm sharing your journey, like what I do and what you do, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're bringing the elixir to the people and we're also on lots of other journeys throughout the, throughout life, but that, that change cycle and really understanding that 
it's gonna, it's gonna happen. And that you have the choice to keep going is the most important part. Such powerful stuff, Nod. Thank you so much for that. And I love the way that you uh, paralleled that with the hero's journey. I mean, that makes so much sense, but I've never really thought about it that way before. But, you know, as I have a writing background, and so you learn about that Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey and, and these phases, and then you start to see it in every movie you see, every book you read, and in your own life. And this, you know, especially the end, the relapse piece is such a huge mindset shift and a very empowering mindset shift to say relapse doesn't mean failure relapse or yeah, I mean, whatever failure, how about failure is okay. Failure is part of the journey. Failure is not the end. Relapse is not the end. Relapse doesn't mean screw it. I give up. It just means, uh, I'm a human being like every other human being on the planet and like every other human being on the planet who has ever made successful habit change, I have had to face this relapse by getting back on the horse. Right. Well, and you know, that failure piece is going back to like, okay, you could look at it as a failure or you look at it as a lesson, right? Like, okay, again, why did this happen for me? What do I have to learn about why I quote failed, right? Mm-hmm. And again, these are the obstacles along the way. And so when you take a, a, a breath and you go, okay, I relapsed, I fell off the, wa- the wagon or the horse, whatever you want to fall off, you know, <laughs> but it is like, okay, what is it? you know, you know, why did this happen for me? What are the steps that I could do to, you know, maybe prevent this from happening again, you know, or, you know, and you come up with solutions along the way. Um, and, you know, I always, like, I know you have a writing background, but for whatever reason, I always forget because I always see you in this arena now, but it's true. It's like that hero's journey is it's like when you start seeing life through that lens, it's really, um, fascinating. And there's actually a heroine's journey. So if you haven't read that book, Mm. it's great. And the difference is instead of slaying the dragon, it's about going within, going inside that cave and doing that healing work, like being in that, that winter of life and hibernating and being in that chrysalis so that you could actually transform that way. Cause it's not always about doing and Mm -hmm. slaying, it's about also resting and nurturing and being in that space of uncomfortable change because change and transformation isn't like, oh, this is amazing. You know, transformation is hard work. So like for all of your listeners, like I really applaud you because you're doing some hard, serious work to transform your life because it is, it's like being in the birth canal or being in that chrysalis. And I always like to give this fun fact for people who don't know it. When a caterpillar goes into or forms the chrysalis, it literally turns into goo. Do like this liquid goo with just a few platelets before it turns into the butter, the butterfly. And so it relates back to the baby steps and the patience of knowing that there's a long-term transformation, but not to rush the process. So if the butterfly rushed the process or like 
you plant a seed in the ground and you're like, why isn't it growing? Why isn't it flowering yet? Like you're not doing that when you plant something in your garden, you know that you're going to plant it. And then in July or August, it'll bloom. And then you like love that it's blooming. You're not going, what, like what's, what's wrong with it? Why isn't it blooming in November? <laughs> but we do that to ourselves. Right. Right. Yeah. And we're, we're again, like we're of nature, we're part of nature and we're part of the seasons. And so, you know, I had this interesting thought this morning of like, when we go into hibernation, right up in the Northern hemisphere, you know, it's, you know, we go in, in, you know, fall and winter, but then I was like, well, what if you live in Arizona? Like, you're not, you're like, you're probably hibernating in the summer. Right. Right. Cause it's mm-hmm. hot as hell down there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's again, being like, okay, where in the world are you and how can you tune into your natural environment in order to create buffers so it could help you along with the change? Oh my gosh. My mind is just swirling with so many. It just, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of sparkles. Like <laughs> even just thinking about like bringing it the, you know, the, well, there's the chrysalis and the goo and the, you know, just letting it take the time it takes, not rushing ourselves the same way we rush, like we wouldn't rush, you know, a bulb through the winter in the ground waiting to burst forth in the spring. And also what you were saying about, you know, bringing in uh, the feminine energy into this, you know, either in addition to the masculine energy, maybe combining both of those or, or intentionally just allowing ourselves to lean into that feminine energy. If we're women, you know, to, to go with that. It's so much of, of what I'm hearing in everything you're saying today is to go with this flow, not against it. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay, so just a quick recap of the change cycle. So pre-contemplation, you're not even thinking about change. You have no awareness. Contemplation, you're starting to think about it. Um, And you're aware, but you're maybe not ready for change. Then you go into the action phase where you're doing it. You're taking the first steps on the path of your hero or heroine's journey. Then you go into the maintenance phase. You're, you know, the behaviors are kind of starting to become your new normal new behavior is replacing old behaviors. And what comes after maintenance? Relapse. Relapse is not the end. Relapse is part of the process. Celebrate it and know that you are not alone. It just means you are on this journey. And it's a cycle. It's not a linear thing. It's not pre-contemplation and then relapse. It's a cycle. So then you're, you're back once the relapse happens, you're back in pre-contemplation, you're really kind of not really back in pre-contemplation, but you are back in contemplation mode. Well, actually you are in pre-contemplation because you might just be like, forget it. I'm giving up. I'm not doing this anymore. And then you start thinking about it again. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, so, but it's important to notice that it is a cycle and what, you know, no matter what it is, there is something like when you're also in that action phase and you know, before you're in that maintenance, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of, I mean, the thinking game that you put yourself through when you're going through change. I have an injured shoulder. I'm going to use this as an example. I'm going to PT and right now I'm going, okay, am I standing correctly? How is this muscle firing? What am I, you know, like, how is my posture? And all of these 
thoughts are, I mean, they're really exhausting. They're really <laughs> exhausting. And so, but I'm like, okay, I'm committed to it. And look, I've been relapsing a lot. I'm like, okay, I've done PT for like two weeks in a row. And I've been, and then I'm like, oh, starting to slip, starting to slip. And I'm like, I, you know, and I'm like, no, don't do it because I, because it's a chronic thing. And so I've even been in this relapsing. But the thing is, like, you're in this mental space where it's really hard to think about all of the new thoughts and behaviors. And it is exhausting, but know that eventually it is going to become part of your every day and that it's going to kind of recede into your unconscious. It's kind of like when we first learned how to drive a car and we're like, okay, hands on 10 and two, put the gear, put it in gear, you know, gas pedal, brake pedal, what, you know, and you're thinking of everything. That's that action phase. And it's, but now you get in the car, at least I do, you get in the car, you put on your seatbelt, turn on the radio and you just go, you're not thinking of anything. It is kind of seeped into your subconscious and your unconscious. You just know innately what to do. And so mm. that will eventually happen where you're not like driving yourself nuts being like, mm. okay, how do I, you know, these are all the new things I have to think of in order to create the change and know that it's temporary. And just like the seasons, they're going to change and it will become innate that you don't have to think about it all the time, mm. which could drive you crazy. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Great point. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I think um, on my own journey, going back to beginning what I call my healing journey in um, 2015, which is a, a heroine's journey in many ways. And learning from my new holistic doctor that I needed to like get rid of all these different foods, inflammatory foods. And as a chef and cooking instructor at the time being completely devastated and going through this long grief process, I mean, these changes did not happen overnight. It took me a long time just to accept and absorb and learn about like, how do I even do this? And then starting to navigate all that, like, how do I cook for a family who isn't gluten and dairy free and all those things and, and how, um, how much effort that took in the beginning, but I was committed because I wanted to feel better. And now, you know, that's 2015. Here we are in 2023 it's autopilot. Yeah. You know, and it, so it just, it, if you stick with it, you will be able to achieve the transformation that you want. And I think that I'll just throw in this, um, before my next question, I'll throw in this quick, just mindset value shot. I think we got to redefine our definition of success. It's not necessarily reaching the top of the mountain. It's not necessarily losing X pounds. It's not necessarily writing the book or, you know, reaching the whatever goal it is. Success means we keep going. It means we stay on the path. That is what success is. It means we say, I accept this journey. I, I heard the call and I accept it. Like, for, for good, like until, you know, until this part of my journey is somehow done or I'm done with it, like I am in this and with health, right. it really is like a lifelong commitment. If you want yeah. those long-term results. 
And well, and also you said something, you know, you're like, I'm a chef. And then how do I even do this with what I do? I mean, I was in the similar situation with what I went through, but you know, that's why I say it's like, you know, your wounds are your portal back to your soul. They're the portal back to the wisdom, you know, like for all of your listeners, it's, you know, again, why did this happen for you? This is a wound, you know, and if you could look at it as, okay, like, you know, with you, it's just like, I'm a chef. How do I even do this? You know, and then being able to take those steps that again, it's autopilot now, but this is also your journey. This is your path. This is a lifelong thing. And so that acceptance is, you know, because again, that's another part of change is that a lot of people don't want to accept, you know, the diagnosis or the life experience, you know, and that resistance is to be really huge and it creates even more suffering when you're not accepting where you are, you know? And so that acceptance is key to go, okay, this is, this is that surrender. This is what I have. And this is a lifelong thing, which could be daunting to be like, oh man, I got to deal with this for the rest of your life, my life, you know? But then when you start to go, okay, this is, this is the marathon. This isn't the sprint. How can I incorporate these little things daily so that I could feel, quote, successful? And maybe again, that successful is not, like you said, not reaching the top of the mountain, but going, hey, this is a pretty cool vista. I'm going to like hang out here for a couple of days and rest. Because I feel like rest is so important because rest is how you heal. It's not doing all these things on the self care checklist. Like that whole, the self, and I'm a queen of self care, but like, it is, it's like a whole business now. And it's, and then people go, well, I should be meditating. I should be exercising. I should be drinking the green smoothie. I should be doing all this stuff. And then they don't do it. And then they feel like a failure and then they relapse and they don't want to do it again. Mm-hmm. Do what works for you. Start with a vegetable you like. Go outside, breathe some fresh air, take a walk with your pet. you know, but it is, it is, it is that journey. And I think acceptance, um, and rest are, are a big part of it too. Yeah. And it's led us both to work that we really love and that fulfills us. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, before we wrap it up, can you, I had a question about boundaries because I know this is something else that you specialize in and that I've learned a ton about from you, how do boundaries factor into making successful life changes? Oh my God. Where do I begin? Do we have another hour? <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> do we even have time for this question? Right. Yeah. Yes, I do. Let me nutshell it. So, you know, a lot of times people don't even know, they hear the word boundary, but they don't really understand what that means. Right. And so it's basically, I always like to say, it's the psychological term for your energy field. And so we're, you know, we, you know, we're energy, we're matter, we're physical, we're emotional, we're psychological. And so what happens is we have this field that a lot of times we're not aware of. And, you know, it's about understanding, you know, I always kind of like in the most simplistic way, letting the good stuff out and letting the good stuff in and keeping the bad stuff out. And so boundaries are, you know, should be pliable, 
And so it should, they, some people have super rigid boundaries where you're not letting anyone or anything in. And then the flip side is that you just have super open boundaries and you're basically like an energetic garbage tub, right? And you're, you're letting everybody in and you're letting everything in. You're saying yes to everybody. You're, you know, you're depleting your battery. And so the goal is to make them pliable. And so it's, and your boundaries are going to be different with different people. You and I talking right now on the podcast, we've got certain boundaries up when we're off the the call and we're just talking, we're going to be in cousin mode, right? The boundaries are going to be a little different, or you're going to have different boundaries with your boss that you do with your best friend or being out in the world versus being on your couch in your living room. Right. And so it's about learning, um, basically what they are. I always like to say, I always like to think of, remember that um, the schoolyard, when you're on the school playground, when you're little and there's always that kid or you're probably one of them. I probably was too. Like I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say bounces off of me and sticks to you. Mm -hmm. Kid was a a boundaries genius. Like that's essentially (laughs) what, but I was like, wow. (laughs) You know, like I was thinking about that one day and I was like, it's really smart, (laughs) you know? And so, you know, when it comes to change, It is really important. It's kind of like the enemies and the allies on the path. Who are the people that you could surround yourself with that you could, uh, that could support the change? Boundaries also means learning how to say no, you know, and, and which is a really hard thing to do, especially for women. And it's also about learning how to speak up. And, you know, of course I do a whole bunch of mind body stuff. And the thyroid is all about the throat energy center, which is all about full expression of yourself. And so when it comes to boundaries, it's really important to have, you know, maybe your boundaries need to be a little firmer, you know, and maybe it's about saying, oh, I really want to go out to dinner, but I'm, you know, I just started on this journey and, maybe I have to say no to the dinner or, you know, so it's learning how to say no. It's also learning how to speak up Mm. and when, which again, change and hard and all the things, but it's also about learning to have more time and more space for you and learning how to put yourself first. And, you know, using your example, Jenny, when you first realized that you were dairy-free and gluten-free, how am I going to, you know, work, make dinner for my family? And it's like, okay, you know, and I'm wondering, maybe you had to really create a boundary and be like, okay, this is the food that I'm eating. And maybe you make something else for them. Or you say, okay, here's the boundary. We're all eating this way now, but it's learning how to understand who you're going to let into your life who you're not going to let into your life, what kind of, you know, and it's being able to navigate who, what, who and what you want to let in and who and what you don't want to let in. You know, Mm -hmm. I always like, you know, coming from New York and being on subways all my life, it's like, if anybody is, you know, like too close to me, (laughs) I have to like take a step back. I'm like, okay, you know, it's like a close talker or if somebody just comes in for a hug and you're more of a handshake type of person, these are all different types of boundaries. So, I mean, that was really like the five minute, not even version <laughs> of what a boundary is, but it is really important to, to kind of 
firm up those boundaries when you're um, when you're starting on a new journey. And then as you kind of are in maintenance mode and you kind of got it right, then you could kind of loosen up a little bit and and just be aware that they're pliable and flexible. Thank you for the five minute version. You're right. We could totally do another episode on this and maybe we should. I'd love to have you back on the show sometime. But for today, thank you so much. This has been so just inspiring, mind altering, thought provoking. So I really appreciate you, Nod. I love you so much. And it's been really great to have you on the show today and to see you and to just bask in your wisdom. Oh, I love you so much, Jinzo. <laughs> and thanks for having me on. I'll come back anytime you want me. You mentioned you specialize in hypnotherapy and you mentioned you have a hypno meditation for the listeners on uh, this topic of boundaries. So maybe if they want to learn more, where can they find that? NadiaAaronsCoaching.com um, slash hypno. You could also find me on, um, Instagram. It's in my little link in my bio on Instagram too. And that's Nadia Aaron's and it's a H R E N S. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes. Um, cause I'm always spelling my name, <laughs> but it is a great, great guided self hypnosis meditation that teaches you how to, um, really get, be in control of your boundaries and in understanding when they're open and who you want to have open boundaries with. And then also times when you want to close your boundaries. And it's a really beautiful, um, journey with, um, the Lotus flower as the, uh, guest star in it. So, <laughs> so and, uh, check it out. You'll, um, you'll love it. I do. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Awesome. Well, again, Nadia Ahrens, thank you so much for everything, for coming on the show today. It's been such a pleasure. And yeah, I can't wait to see you next time. I can't wait to see you too. I love you. Thanks for having me. Love you too, girl. (laughs) To the listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Thyroid Healthy Bites. If you've enjoyed the show, please don't forget to like, subscribe, or leave a review. You taking that extra second to support the podcast helps so very much and is so appreciated. And if you're feeling like I'm in this, I am in one of these stages of change, and I would love to just talk it through with someone or maybe zero in on some goals or maybe even come at this from a whole new angle. I am here for you. So you can always find me and reach out to me and learn everything you need to know about my coaching services at hypothyroidchef.com slash coaching. Again, thanks so much for watching. I'm Ginny Mahar, wishing you the best of health. See you next time.